We are thrilled that the book "Let the Cash Flow" is going to be available in bookstores very, very soon. Published by Marshall Cavendish, it is your how-to guide for how to make sure that your customers pay your invoices on time.、Uh, Simon Littlewood, the co-author, is、uh, sitting here with me in the Riabu studio. Hi, Simon. Hey, Mark. It's great to see you. And you know, one noteworthy thing about the book is the fact that there are so many illustrations, including Figure 1.2, which we're going to. Dissect in greater detail. Now, if you haven't read the book, of course, you don't know what I mean. But it's titled "Poor Terms Discipline and Process Variability Lead to Receivables Increase." Now, what in the world does that mean? I think the key thing to hang on to here is you can't do nothing about receivables. Receivables is the amount of money that your customers owe you at any one time. If you do not manage it actively, it will always go up. You can't do nothing. In other words, you must do something. Yes, because your customer has an overwhelming interest in finding reasons to pay you late. Firstly, and secondly, there is an inherent、uh, dynamic which is to do with the complexity of your business. So, if you have a successful business where you're selling more things to more customers in more countries over time. And the level of complexity is multiplying. That will tend to make it tougher for you to manage your receivables in a way which gets you paid on time. So, the, the inherent nature of a successful business is that unless you actively manage receivables, you'll end up being owed more and more and more money. And the measure of receivable success, which we use, which is DSO, days sales outstanding, means that you'll have more days of sales over time. Unless you're actively pursuing a receivables management strategy, it's a little bit like、uh, consuming too much chocolate or、uh, smoking too much. Before long, you're going to get sick. I、that's、guess that's an Easter the... reference. I guess there, Mark. Yes,、yeah, so、slightly.、Uh, but so, in order to make sure that you then manage this proactively, as you're very、yeah. carefully enunciating、yeah. here, that it is important to keep an eye on it. Firstly, what happens if you don't? Well, what happens if you don't is that the actual cash invested in working capital, assuming that your business is growing healthily, will grow at an exponential rate. The reason it will grow at an exponential rate is because if your customers continue to pay you in the same way, the mere fact that you are selling more would mean that the dollars invested in receivables would go up. So let's say that your customers are paying you on average in one month. If in six months' time they're still paying you in a month, but your sales have doubled, then you're going to have twice as much cash in receivables. But in reality, it doesn't work like that. What happens is over that period, as your business grows, and because in this hypothetical case you're not really paying attention, some customers will be eking out their payment terms, and the level of increasing complexity will cause there to be glitches. In the、mm. overall process, because after all, you are much busier with that double the number of sales. And you、then. may have other markets where 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 the rules and regs and the compliance is different, you know. And the consequence of that is that it's not it's not just it's not just the dollars that are going up, but the days are going up. In other words, two factors are causing receivables to grow, and that's and that's actually a curve, which is going up and up and up and up. So、yes. the actual cash invested in receivables can grow very very quickly. Because you're successful, but you're not actively controlling your、yes. exposure to receivables. You're juggling more balls. It's inevitable that more will drop to the floor. So, how does、um, this graphic, poor terms discipline and process variability, well, come into the? The、picture? thing to say about this is that, of course, the situation I've just described, prima facie, is a cause for rejoicing. 
I've just described a business where the turnover doubled yes. uh, in a hypothetical period of six months. I mean, anyone would throw their hat into the air and go off <laughs> for a very long dinner uh, if they thought they would. But instead, they're wondering why they've run out of money and they can't pay salaries and there's nothing in the bank. Because our sales have doubled. What's happened? Well, there you go. Well, that's the classic situation with accounts receivable is if, depending on what kind of business you have, if you have a B2B business and you're granting your customers terms, credit terms, you're going to need more and more working capital to run the business. And if you've worked on the erroneous assumption that the more you sell, the more cash you'll have, you're in big trouble, okay? So that's why we wrote this book, you will recall. And fortunately, there is a solution, and that solution Ta-da! Is let the cash flow. Read yes, the book. Yeah. Uh, but in, in essence, um, the, the main reasons for why your receivables grow up is in part because you mentioned sales are going up, part because customers are, you know, you're now dealing with maybe one of 50 customers rather than one of 10, and therefore you spend less attention on each. But there are other reasons for so, why well, two, your receivables yeah. so, I mean, If you measure when you get paid in terms of days of sales, that is, if you take an average day sale, so let's for example say you sell $360 million worth of sales in a year, that means one day of the year is worth $1 million. If your receivables at the end of the month were $30 million, your DSL, your days of sales would be 30. If at the end of the following month they're 40, then you've got, and your sales are growing, then you've got an exponential growth in the cash that you're owed by your customers. But there are two things that are driving that in broad terms. The first is, because you're selling on credit to your customers in this B2B business that you run that's doubling in size every six months, yay, mm -hmm. um, you've got to grant your customers specific payment terms. And if you're not careful, what will happen is that as your increasingly motivated sales force go out and try and sell more and more and more, that customers who are very adept at this will ask for a day here or a day there, and you'll find that the terms that you're granting are climbing upwards. That's mm -hmm. the inevitable consequence of not having a very disciplined policy on trading terms. And a commonly, a commonly observable situation is, is therefore where in the interests of growth, you let it go, you give a bit more credit here and you give a bit more credit there. So the implication of that, first of all, is that increased sales, longer terms, more money invested in receivables. But the second bit, is that customers don't actually pay you on time. So you might yes. be giving them a longer term, but then it doesn't mean they're going to pay you. Let's say you extend the term from 30 to 40 days because they persuade you that that's a good idea, which it isn't, by the way, and read the book, I'll tell you why, um, is that um, they won't pay you in 40 days anyway. They'll look for a reason to pay you late. And if things have got complicated, you may well find that they can find a reason. And if you don't ask early and find out about the reason, you might find that you don't find out about it until day 43, mm. if you're lucky, in which case it's already late and you won't get paid till day 50. Or 60. So, yeah, so we, we separate these two items into, first of all, you've got a total DSO. The total DSO is the average time taken by all your customers to pay you based on days of sales. Within that, there's a bit that you can't really help, which is to do with the terms that you grant, because the mix of terms that you grant in a healthy business will mean that even if all your customers pay you on time, there's a certain level of credit. Yeah. Hypothetically, if all your customers had 30-day terms, you would have a DSO of at least 30, even if they all paid you on time. In reality, there is no place on the planet where they all do. The best businesses I've ever worked for, two to three percent, so maybe 33 to 34 DSO. But in reality, the bit on top of that is customers not paying you to terms for reasons that they either genuinely have or have invented uh, or opportunities that you have given them yes. not to pay you on time. Oh, 
Thank we, you for phoning up. I could, we seem to have lost the invoice. Yes. Would be a good one. You'd be amazed how often that oh, happens. Oh, uh, the person who you need to talk to is already off for the Easter holidays. I'm afraid. Yes, yes. that's right. He's not coming back till December. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and other implausible excuses, and some plausible ones. Because yes, we all make mistakes. And the more complexity we have in the business, as we said earlier, the more likely we are to make little mistakes. And one of the things that particularly big companies are very good at is creating procurement processes where they've got a lot of I's to dot and, and uh, I's to dot and T's to cross, you know. So unless you have a specific PO number, not just on the invoice, but in the top left-hand side, yes. unless you quote, you know, a specific quotation number or, uh, you know, um, or a part number or whatever it oh, is. Sometimes it's just the sheer volume of legal entities that a multinational has in That's any one market. That's another way that they can play the game. They can say, well, you did the business with our, you did, yes, you did this deal with our Singapore office just like the previous one, but actually we want you to pay us through our, you know, or invoice us through the um, the one that has bracket Singapore yeah, brackets that's right. uh, in the name. Just yes. other because they've learned that by creating complexity, they can play these games. So the second bit that's driving your DSO is, is the fact that customers get away with paying you later than their actual agreed terms because you leave the door open for them to do that. Yes, cool. So uh, what I hope you took away from this podcast is that you have to do something. Yes. Just doing what you've always done, even if you are in that happy situation of growing, you're, you're going to, sooner or later, you're going to end up in trouble. Yes. I mean, it's, it's amazing how often I'm looking. It, it is particularly true of entrepreneurs. And, uh, uh, and, and there's a survey around which many of you have seen, which indicates that cash flow is generally what brings most startups to their knees. Mm. And the more successful they are, the more likely it is to be cash flow because they're growing so fast. And you actually, come to think of it, Simon, you actually see that in some very successful, high-profile companies. Uh, think, for example, of Razor. You know that uh, listed company that manufactures uh, handsets uh, and other paraphernalia headphones and so on for gaming? I read the other day that the big news, they're already listed on the market, they're just about to turn profitable. You know, and so sometimes the whole discussion of cash flow kind of gets swept behind these major brands uh, that, that have this great public face, but they're actually really struggling to make ends meet. Yes, I mean, most people, unless they're accountants, do not understand what a balance sheet is. They understand about the product they're selling and they understand what a profit margin is. You know, if I make it for 10 and sell it for 20, I must be doing really well. Well, no, not if nobody pays you for it. Uh, you're not doing very well. Uh, so you've got, this in, you've got this inherent dynamic in every business, which, as we've said, causes your receivables, not just in nominal terms, but actually as a percentage of sales, to grow over time. And what the book does is it breaks down those two components. Remember, there's a terms-driven component and what we call a process-driven component, which is you not doing the things that you need to do to ensure that your customer pays you to the terms that you've agreed. And the way you deal with those two is you, first of all, follow what we call the virtuous revenue cycle, which enables you to deal with the process. It yes. enables you to get on top of that customer relationship so that they don't have an opportunity to pay you late. And then over time, as your relationship gets better because of the level of knowledge that you acquire of how your customer works, and the way that you are able to demonstrate value to them by increasing the quality of service, there will be opportunities to actually reduce the terms themselves in selected cases. Wow. So over time, 
You can get rid of the process-driven bit, which most people call overdues. That's the bit after when they were supposed to pay you that they mm -hmm. kept their money. Yeah. Uh, and you can also start to mitigate the terms part, typically within five or six months of starting this program. The news is good. You can do a lot, but you need to get started. Yes. And on that note, I want you to get started first by buying the book, and not just because my name also happens to be on the cover, but because it really is the instruction manual, very clear, uh, very easy to follow, even if, like as Simon said, most people, uh, perhaps you're not so good with the accounting bit. Uh, it's designed for you to make sure that you, you know what to do. And then head over to riabu.com where you can put all of this into action, where you can put all of this into practice, where the things that we talk about in the book are come, come alive to you in the platform and you're actually able to manage these processes in the hope that you'll be able to maintain your terms discipline and reduce the process variability. And remember, your objective is to be the company that does this because your competitors aren't doing it. So you'll be the one that is first in line to get paid. Um, and it's worth cash, it's worth profit, and it may be worth survival. Thank you, Simon, and uh, see you on the next podcast. Go to the link in the description to buy your copy now.